never mind what people say about you. It's uh, harder uh, than you think when you're young and uh, don't have a lot of experience, but people will always have an opinion. So make sure you do the things that feel right for you. Never mind what people say about you. It's not important. Welcome to the podcast B2B SaaS CEOs with me, Joseph Olsen, as your host. I'm the CEO and founder of VAM that helps sales teams close more deals and book more meetings through video messaging. The idea to this podcast was born because one of my personal goals is to be a world-class B2B SaaS CEO and therefore I need to learn from the best. And I want to take you with me on this journey. Hi, my name is Kristin Berg. I'm the CEO of Mestro and you're listening to B2B's SaaS CEOs. Hi and welcome, Christine. Hi and thank you very much. Glad to be on your pod. It's a pleasure to have you here, Christine. And the first question always, what does Mestro do? Please do the elevator pitch. <laughs> yes, I, I will. Uh, and you see the elevator pitch, of course, uh, behind me. Uh, our vision is to spend less energy or make others spend less energy. And what it means is that we empower property owners uh, to solve one of our time's most important climate issue, how to make properties uh, sustainable. And we have uh, a cloud-based platform uh, for energy usage management, and property owners are able to save both time, uh, money, and, of course, climate impact as they start to, to monitor their energy usage and uh, being able to start make data-driven decisions on that data. Thank you, Christine. And uh, why Mestro? How did you end up there? I actually knew about Mestro from uh, my earlier part, uh, from my time as the CEO of a company called Fast4. Uh, they're also in the real estate uh, industry. So during my time there, we, we signed a partnership actually with Mestro uh, to jointly deliver our platform to Fast4's existing customer base. Uh, and I would say from my very first conversation with Mestro, Mestro stood out as a very innovative, professional and service-minded company. Uh, and the product was and still is the best in class uh, of energy usage platforms, both technically and functionally. And that was why FastFua uh, selected them as a partner, of course. Mestro also has a great diversity of employees, uh, all with um, a skill that I really, really like uh, or a personality that I really, really like. Uh, they're very good at self-leadership. And the culture here is really everyone's responsibility. And that is why Mestro's culture is really great. And if you look at it from the outside, if you look at trends, uh, I would say that Mestro is perfectly positioned. The energy price is rising. Uh, we need to save energy. We need to save uh, our planet. Uh, stakeholders will demand uh, properties to be sustainable and buildings will need to become more digital. So when I was approached uh, and asked to join Mestro, my decision was really, really easy, <laughs> I would say. Here you open to the next question here, because 
two months in on your journey as CEO at Mestro. Yeah. What are your biggest challenges right now? Ooh, uh, I would say that my biggest challenges is to close on uh, or close in on my information gaps. Uh, of course, just two months into a new company, uh, my information gaps are huge. And so my biggest challenge is to fast and effecti- effectively get to know employees, uh, customers, our processes and, and how we can um, deliver our service to our clients smoother and more profitable and continue our growth. And uh, we got listed at Nasdaq in December last year. So my mission is to continue on the scale up journey and spread the word about Mestro, raise more awareness. Nice. And here I want to dive a bit deeper about the first part you just said. Can you share some more detailed best practices here that you see like, oh, this is working very well? Yeah, I would say just to take the time to to sit with the employees uh, at every department, to sit with developers, to sit with the people that work really, really close to to your customers, to to make an effort to meet one-to-one as many people as you possibly can uh, and to do it quickly, like in the two, three first weeks, because then people on the outside um, wants your attention more. So you have like two or three really focused weeks to work internally as a CEO. So that's what I tried to do, like really sit close to to as many employees as as. I possibly could. And if you, you listen, aren't a CEO, you're a leader, you can, uh, you, you can at least take two weeks, block it and just internal as many possible in your close teams and in your team to just build the trust. Exactly. It's so important uh, to, to get, like you said, build the trust, get to know people and know what you're doing. Like not just chase information, actually get information in an early phase. Great input here. I, I love this when we can, you can dive one step deeper and so not, not people just like, hmm, interesting. Like, like oh, okay, <laughs> this can I take action on sign. Nice. So yeah, exactly. it's time, Christine, now for the first external question. And this is from Simon Swan at Top of Heart. And this is his question. What would you say would be the long-term effects for the property industry to not engage in more sustainable solutions? The industry is actually already on the move. Uh, Though if you are a single property owner that lags the transition, I think you will eventually be disconnected from the whole industry and society at large, uh, I would say. Uh, Because of uh, the regulatory restrictions... Uh, that will come in the near future that will demand the property owners to comply and also the financial system that will follow after, uh, making it easier for green property owners to get loans and better scoring of their portfolio. I mean, many of our real estate customers talk about now they're going from brown to green and that's kind of their Uh, focus area how can they be more green Uh, and uh, investing in sustainability is to future proof your business model Mm, and I think it was a very wise uh, person that said there's no planet B thank you Simo for the question and Christine thank you for the answer because now I'm moving on to talk about your new campaign ah I really like it 
please tell me more about the purpose and focus of the new campaign because the listeners may be the Joseph, what are you talking about? What, what campaign? So, so please, what is the purpose and focus on it? So it's a picture that we have uh, where uh, it's kind of like a lot of cars and, and then real estate uh, property in, in the background. And we try to switch the focus back away from cars uh, into to real estate because that is uh, a much bigger problem for the climate and for the energy market. And uh, I also just have to say that I'm really, really glad that you liked it. <laughs> and I'm really curious what you liked, like kind of what caught your attention. But we can uh, move into that later on. But uh, the purpose and why we're doing it is because there is an ongoing crisis. And when it comes to energy and climate change, I think we all know that. And everyone is talking about it, like talking about the crisis and linking it to to food, what we eat, uh, what kind of car we drive, if we go on vacations, on airplanes, etc. And they forget about the real estate industry and the impact it has. So we want to focus on real estate and to focus uh, and the fact actually with real estate that you cannot change what you do not measure. And uh, we are also really, really proud of our prominent client list and that companies like SBB, Balder and Dios all want to join in uh, on this campaign and to do this campaign together with us. Uh, it's a really bold statement. It's a bold campaign, and uh, we hope that more property owners will see this and take action, because we need to point this out in order to raise awareness and to to drive change. That is the purpose, and I think it's a strong purpose. And and, and you asked me what, what I liked about it, and I, I liked because I, I'm a I'm a curious soul, I'm a curious person. So uh, everywhere in media, you get bombarded with uh, with food, cars, uh, travel, uh, industry also. But and I like when I learn something new with with like a, with a twist that you that your campaign. So I learned something new. That was what uh, what I liked with the campaign. You addressed a huge problem. You took it from a new angle uh, that well, that isn't so big in media, frankly. And no. uh, I had also no idea that it was so much of the whole percentage that came from uh, connected to properties. Yeah, 40%. Yeah, th- th- that is crazy. There, there, there is so much you can do there. So then, then I realized the timing, uh, your campaign is now, you have a cool angle, and th- then we can do something. Uh, yeah, it's relevant right now to do this episode. Yeah, and then we're super happy that it got noticed, and uh, I like I like your angle on why you why you liked it because it's just about learning and being curious. That is the whole purpose <laughs> to this podcast. So let's move on to what do you like the most about being a leader? <sighs> oh, of course, uh, to get to watch people grow, and I like uh, how broad it is. I mean, leadership has an enormous uh, variety. There are not two days that are like, it's actually not a single day that are like, you're always learning, always trying out new things, and your curiosity can never be satisfied. It's like a never-ending journey (laughs) to be a leader. That's what I really, really like. 
And what would you say if we then switch from the positive angle to the more, I hate the word negative, but it's it's more negative angle. What is the worst thing then about being a leader? I would say that there is never enough time. Your work is never done. Uh, there's always something more you can do. So I think that you can really be really, really stressed about that, or you can find a calm within yourself to to manage that, that there will never be enough time for all the things that you want to do. And I think you have figured that out about me for this now. <laughs> but when you say be calm and stressed, can we please dive a bit deeper here? What what is what is something that you do, Christine, to just land with that and be calm? I try to get as physically tired as I am emotionally or physically or like what do you say um I get really really exhausted about all the things that you handle during a day so my mind is exhausted and if my body is not uh, as exhausted I will not continue I will I cannot get out of my mind. I keep on thinking of the day and what I need to do next day. So I need to really exercise. And I really like high-intensive trainings um, for like 30 or 40 minutes a day so that my body gets really, really tired. Or I go out and walk uh, in the forest or I take a walk with a friend. I love this when we go one step deeper because to to balance the mind and the and the body, so it's yeah really powerful. Then it's time to move on to yeah this is a relatively new topic and question. So Christine, it's time for you to take the lead on the mic now solely and talk about a topic of your choice. Ooh. I want to hear you a couple of minutes highlight something that you are nerdy and passionate about. Yeah, uh, I am really, really nerdy and passionate about uh, authentic authenticity uh, and the new leadership. I think that that is why i chosen to be a leader and to work with leadership. I am nerdly passionate about emotions, relationships, and uh, people. And, and if we chose, now, now if we chose the new leadership people and, and dive mm -hmm. deeper here for a couple of minutes, what do you want to choose? as topic of your choice? Uh, I think maybe, um, I think it's uh, authenticity, I would say, because it is, and, and it's hard to talk about authenticity without talking about leadership, um, because it's so, it's kind of where I go from in, in every relationship. If you are truly yourself and you're open with emotions uh, and I think that I try to really work with this according to my role so I mean I think you're also really aware that if you have a passion and you work with it you you develop new skills and I try to really work with the authenticity in my leadership and I really try to show uh, in my role as the CEO for everyone that it's okay to be open with emotions and my thoughts or my feelings even though i am the ceo um so i think that um that is what i'm really passionate about um having the nerve to show emotions within this role uh, the industry uh, and i'm curious 
how it makes other people think uh, and act. And I love to see other people when I interact in this way, uh, when I show emotions, when I dare to have the tough conversations. Um, I love to see how other people grow and how the relationship builds. Like the we, there's a completely new layer, deeper layer of conversations that I get to have with people when I'm open with emotions. Also, not just privately, but also in this role. And um, I think that there's nothing cooler than to see people develop and thrive. So that's why I'm truly passionate about people. And, and this is uh, what you just said is quite hard to do for some people. So what would yeah. you say uh, if I address the, the fear that could be out there, like potential backlash, and then how you can avoid uh, or just overcome? I would say that it's kind of a journey um, to be open with it. And I think that everyone knows that it's a private and professional journey. And if you're not ready to be open and you're not ready to be authentic, you cannot fake it. You, you have to be authentic. Otherwise, we'll see, or other people will see through it if you're not. So it's not something you can learn. It's something you have to feel. And I've had a pretty bumpy road uh, privately. So I think that's why I'm kind of like, I'm fed up. I'm like, so this is me. Uh, we need to talk about emotions. We need to talk about how we feel when we engage uh, in a meeting together with uh, a person both private and professionally and I think that that's better for every encounter you have yeah, I'm happy with these answers and I love this I love this new topic because then we, we, we can dive a bit deeper in something that you yeah my hope is that something that you go and uh, think of every week and like hmm oh <laughs> always learn something new Yes. Uh, so, so thank you Christine uh, for sharing so open about this topic and yeah. uh, it's time for question number two, external question. This is from Laszlo Toff from LTE Ingenjörsbyrå. And his question is this. What is your best tip for engaging residents for reduced energy use and how to create an incentive for these people? Uh, good question uh, and something we haven't really gone deep in, I would say. So on top of mind, I would say maybe to have uh, a notice board uh, where they can see usage and savings and compare themselves to other tenants. Uh, I mean, you need to find it competitive and you need to find the will to improve and engage so maybe like a top 10 list uh, and internal competitions and maybe decrease the rent for a month for the winner each year. I think that the answer to the question is really to engage uh, tenants and give them information about their energy usage. So Laszlo, thank you for the question. And Christine, we are moving on because... I put this second question, external question here to go more towards engagement, hard numbers, KPIs. 
because we are going to talk about KPIs now. If you have a SaaS podcast, you always need to address that in some angle or you're not working within SaaS. So which three, you can say four or five also, but what would you say is your three to five top KPIs on a company level that is most important to you? The three most important is um, contracted annual recurring revenue, of course, we're in the SaaS uh, business. Uh, our churn, uh, so we make sure that we do not lose customers, and our number of new sales. That's the three most most important uh, hard KPIs. And now, when I know a bit more about your focuses on KPIs, this leads me into your frameworks, your goal mm-hmm. systems. How do you keep track of this and are aligned, etc. So. Christine, what type of systems slash frameworks are you working with at uh, Mestro? Uh, really good question. And uh, we've been in, in startup uh, for many years. Uh, now, when I'm entering this, we're going more into a scale-up. Uh, so I think we will work even more with uh, company goals and system frameworks as we go. But as mentioned earlier, we, we work with um, car, churn, and new sales. Uh, but we are f- really focusing on efficiency within our processes and to li- deliver with even more quality in all of our processes. So what I've done is I've hired a chief compliance officer to make sure we have the state-of-the-art quality management system. So we're taking huge steps uh, for scale-up, and uh, these processes will form a solid ground for us now when we are expanding in Europe and will begin to enter new markets with new regulations and even more complex energy markets. And how we will do this um, will absolutely be more presented in depth uh, in our coming financial reports. But we start with a state-of-the-art quality management system. Nice. And Christine, now we have... On our journey together here in this episode, we have come to the run-up. Time flies. <laughs> so we just have a couple of questions left. So the first question I now always ask on the run-up is a VAM-oriented question because I'm a video nerd, I'm a sales nerd, I've been working with sales 15-plus years. So I, I want to collect data points now regarding okay. what would you say is the best way to do a cold outreach to you, how you would like to get approached when you should buy something. You don't, you haven't heard of it, but it can be relevant for your company. How would you like to get approached in the first step and the second step? I really uh, rarely uh, answer my phone because I'm in meetings all days. So I like to, to get some kind of written message an email or a text or, or something I can read when I have the time. Is uh, LinkedIn text or email the best? In, in which category, which I order? It depends. I hate uh, LinkedIn e- uh, messages from salespeople on Friday nights uh, or <laughs> Sunday mornings. That, that annoys me. <laughs> but if they come during a day and I can read them uh, on a Monday night or Tuesday night, it, I'm perfectly fine with it. Then it's uh, I don't mind uh, if it's LinkedIn or if it's an email. 
So you start with text. If they get somehow your attention, what, what, should it be quick? Should it long? What, what is the next step after that? Yeah, it should be personal. Something that they actually know and have taken the time and made the effort to understand about me or my company. And that relates to the service that they want to sell. Um, I've had people from outsourcing companies that want us to to hire um, developers where they've actually looked at the website and saying, so, hey, I see that you are doing this project. We have a developer that has worked in your industry and knows these skills, and we think we, or we think that they can really help you in this development and this project. And then I'm like, hmm, wow, you actually made an effort on a couple of minutes to understand some part of my business. And that gets my interest. Thank you for saying exactly what I hoped you would say. Like... <laughs> first first uh, written form and then show that you're personal because here is where wham comes in that you can be like 10 to 100x more personal with a quick video to show that i'm a human christine I, i'm not a robot i've done my homework i checked that you work etc so thank you christine and uh, now it's time this part we're coming to now this is actually the favorite part uh, for many of my listeners i've heard that uh, from many of you. and this is if you would give yourself a younger leader slash CEO, your one to top three things to think of that you didn't know, but now you know, what would that be? Mm. Uh, never mind what people say about you. It's uh, harder uh, than you think when you're young and uh, don't have a lot of experience, but people will always have an opinion. So make sure you do the things that feel right for you never mind what people say about you it's not important and do not take yourself too seriously and trust your instincts great input i i love the first part also because yeah i, I was 21 when i launched a business pod and that be, became the like the swedish dragons then a podcast the nordic yeah, so so i did didn't know so much and people like who are you to do like that and i uh, it's my podcast you don't need to listen <laughs> exactly <laughs> so uh, thank you christine for three like really key advice that people need to remind themselves on according to me too so yeah I, I also love this. If you doesn't see that and hear that, I also love this part when I when I get to hear your top one to three things that you will tell yourself. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is... Uh, I will actually now throw one thing in on, on volley. Yeah. Where will you be in five years? If you, if you go for the like rocket or moon gone a bit, where, where will Mestro be in five years? Oh, we will be the um, top of mind uh, of all real estate property owners uh, when they want to to take data-driven decisions on their energy usage in, uh, in the Nordics and in uh, Europe. Uh, we will be top of mind and leading the industry, being really the trusted advisor on uh, that the data you have is the best uh, and you should build all your decisions based on that for sustainable efforts within your properties. Uh, that will be my target for, for Mestro. Nice. 
So, Christine, we are at the very last question, and then we're going to wrap this up. And this is, I'm fishing for new guests. So, which one to two other B2B socios are you inspired by and would like to listen to in this podcast? I actually have two really close by, like here in, in Stockholm. And um, the first one, I don't really know. I've met him once, but I was really impressed. Uh, it's a, a guy, a CEO called Alexander Olsson. He runs a company called Pigello. Uh, he's young. He's, um, I mean, I think he's maybe like in his 20s. Uh, he's curious and he has, or he has a lot of courage, I would say. And he's really curious. He's starting a new company in an area where the competitors have been active in more than 20 years. And I think that takes uh, guts. Um, and I'm impressed by him. So, Alexandra Pegello is one name. And do you have another? I have uh, Maria Norberg. Uh, she runs a company called Hidden Dreams. Uh, she has like a beautiful soul. Uh, and she's a person with an enormous amount of grit, wisdom, and intelligence. I think she's like the brightest person I've ever met. She's super smart. Good elevator pitch. I, 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 both, I both know Hidden Dreams and Pigella, so I will look both of these people a closer look and see uh, yeah, if they will get a clear, direct question from me. Should we do something? So thank you, Christine, so much for this. And now when we are wrapping up, if you who listened like what you heard and got value, please press the subscription button and also tell a friend or a colleague, listen to B2B SaaS and Christine, a huge thank you for putting aside 30 minutes together with me to help the community and me to keep on learning. Thank you so much. Sorry.